This podcast brought to you by the Ashbrook Center. The Ashbrook Center is an independent center at Ashland University that teaches students, teachers, and citizens what it means to be an American. Ashbrook's new book, 50 Core American Documents, tells America's story from the founding through the 20th century using original historical documents. Get your copy of Ashbrook's 50 Core American Documents today in the iTunes Store or at 50docs.org. That's 50docs.org. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us in the Weekly Standard is Fred Barnes. And Fred, one of the big uh, topics for journalism this week, almost as big as the New Republic's issues, uh, the story of the Rolling Stone and how it came about publishing a front-page story about UVA and rape. First of all, what is your relationship with the University of Virginia? Well, I'm a graduate of the University of Virginia. My three daughters are graduates of the University of Virginia. My two, uh, two of my sons-in-law graduated from there, so we have a, a pretty, a pretty big connection with UVA. I'm, I certainly go to a lot of football and basketball games there, and uh, and speak down there occasionally, uh, particularly at Larry Sabato's Center for Politics. So I, I have a pretty deep connection, and obviously I followed the UVA uh, rape case uh, with great attention and interest. Well, let me start with a point that I don't think enough people have made. I, I was not paying that much attention to the story covering other things, and I finally got around to it this weekend. Mm-hmm. And when you read the original account of what the a young girl who calls herself Jackie says happened, three hours of being raped by seven mm-hmm. guys at a fraternity, a broken table, you know, Coke bottles being used, and then she tells her friends, and her friends never tell anyone about this violent rape, not just a rape, but a violent Violent rape with additional, you know, physical abuse. Mm-hmm. They tell her not to tell anyone. I, knowing virtually nothing about University of Virginia, I thought that story just doesn't sound true at all. That sounds like a plot to a bad Lifetime movie. What was your reaction when you first heard the details of the incident? Well, I thought, uh, gee, I'd never heard of anything like that at UVA or anywhere else. And the rape was described even worse uh, uh, than uh, than you did, Mike. The uh, it was the you know she was in a bed of broken glass when this was happening and so on. And now we know, of course, uh, that it wasn't true. That even her friends, when she came back uh, that evening from somewhere, uh, she wasn't at all bruised or cut or bloody or anything, and then wouldn't tell them exactly what had happened. And now, of course, she's told uh, this uh, undergraduate nicknamed Jackie has told many different many different stories her her story that was in rolling stone uh has just fallen apart uh and yet at the university um they're still uh pretending like some good has come of this because now there will be greater awareness of rape on campus and they can deal better with this issue of sexual assault and one of the people quoted had one of the oddest jobs i've ever heard of at a university or anywhere else and this was a person described as a sexual assault awareness specialist I didn't know that was a specialty, but any case... Uh, well, before we get to uh, the reaction to this, though, mm-hmm. I just want to go back, because I think this is uh, at least interesting to me, is you know there are uh, communities where maybe there are a little more problems with, with you know trouble behavior. Mm-hmm. To use a football analogy, there's mm-hmm. a difference between the University of Miami and its notorious problems mm-hmm. and, say, a Notre Dame. The University of Virginia campus, I actually did radio in Richmond for a while, and I, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't know the area that well, but there, it, it, UVA has a really good reputation across the board. It's not a crazy party school like, uh, you know, like some schools are. <laughs> like it are used to be. Yeah, and, <laughs> and well, when, yeah, once you left, they stopped partying, I guess, Fred. Right, but, yeah. no, but, but it has, you know, the, and the idea that you would have this kind of action and that nobody would say anything, that a, that a, a freshman student could have, you know, cuts and bruises and mm-hmm. no, nothing would happen and that, you know, that the school 
school would try to cover this up. It seems to me that once again, from the beginning, that seems so counterintuitive to both common decency, but also where UVA is today. Well, it does, doesn't it? And uh, uh, certainly it was hard to believe when I first read it. It was hard to believe, but here it was. So why did they publish it? Why did they go with this story? Why do Because so they were looking for a story. The reporter or the writer for Rolling Stone um, and the magazine itself, the hierarchy there, decided that, well, there are all these uh, uh, sexual assaults on campuses across the country. Let's find a a well-known school where you can have an incident that, uh, and that's what our story will be about. So in other words, the story, the story itself was already decided on what the narrative would be. They just had somebody, uh, just needed somebody to fill in and be uh, the victim in that story. And that's usually not the way that uh, uh, journalism is supposed to work. You know, you're supposed to uh, uh, get the facts first and then decide what the story is rather than decide what the story is and then hunt around for some facts to uh, fit into it. The uh, the the broader issue, the phrase "rape culture" that's used, this mm-hmm. notion that colleges across America are mm-hmm. almost like these you know, kind of rape survival camps. Mm-hmm. You know that young women yeah. have almost chance of getting out. You know, I was looking at some of the numbers. Uh, we're at a forty-year low with reported yes. forcible rapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the best estimates I've been able to mm-hmm. read around four percent of uh, female students say they were actually forced have been actually forcibly raped. And of course, every one of those rapes is tragic, and that number we want it to be zero. Mm-hmm. But I guess. Uh, there, it is, seems odd where you there doesn't seem to be a lot of f- physical evidence or statistical mm-hmm. evidence to back up the notion that there is a tsunami of sexual assault, and yet that is pres- not only as you pointed out is that a story people want to tell. This is a story people are willing to bend the facts to tell. Why mm-hmm. work so hard to tell such an ugly and apparently untrue story? Uh, because uh, it it captures something uh, that the media uh, wants to play up. Uh, uh, certainly. Uh, uh, the political left in America wants to play up uh, that this horrible thing is happening, and uh, obviously men are the cause uh, on campuses. Uh, when, as you say, uh, Michael, the numbers don't back that up about about rapes in America, and yet uh, this idea that there is this rape culture in colleges all across the country uh, has become something that uh, uh, the media uh, is in love with this story, uh, along with some others. And when you saw saw at UVA who reacted uh, immediately to the story, it was a lot of younger left-wing professors who were demanding this and that, and and which forced the, I think, the uh, uh, the president of the university, Teresa Sullivan, and the board of visitors to jump in uh, without uh, saying what they could have said. Look, this is a horrible story in Rolling Stone. It's a horrible incident. And then the first thing we're going to do is find out the truth about it. And if it's true, then boy, and, and, and go on from there. That's not what they did. They operated on the assumption, sometimes tacit, uh, that the story was true and that the university had to react extremely quickly. And I talked to uh, more than one professor down there who said that you were not allowed uh, and the way the political correctness had descended on, univer- on the University of Virginia to the extent that if anybody who publicly doubted the truth of the Rolling Stone story would be uh, uh, dismissed as a crank or, a, or something worse. Uh, and, and it wound up that uh, not only Rolling Stone, not only the young woman involved in telling this story to uh, Rolling Stone, but I think the hierarchy of the University of Virginia embarrassed itself as well.
and there is also something profound about this notion of we're going to presume that you're guilty because you're a male on campus then we're going to presume mm -hmm. you're even more guilty because you're in a fraternity and i think about the hundreds of thousands of families around the country who send off their sons to college uh <laughs> assuming that they're going to school and then seeing their sons labeled in advance likely mm -hmm. rapists just by showing up and this is going to be a growing problem fred because as you uh, know and has been people have been reporting the obama administration is pushing through title nine mm -hmm. changing how universities have to deal with sexual allegations going yeah. from proof beyond some standard mm -hmm. of doubt to a mere preponderance of evidence in other mm -hmm. words if you look slightly more rapey mm -hmm. than not rapey you're kicked out of school you're a rapist you never had due process but it doesn't mm -hmm. matter your reputation is smeared for the rest of your life and that system is spreading to campuses not by choice of the local regents or mm -hmm. administrators but through title nine coercion mm -hmm. right now and it's completely wrong-headed because here look if there is a rape uh, if there is a sexual assault, that is a criminal problem. The first thing that, uh, if it's reported to a college official, uh, the first thing they have to do is take the victim down to the police. Well, first take them to uh, the hospital and 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 uh, uh, see what the uh, how they are physically after a, a rape or a, some other type of sexual assault, and then take them to the police. It's a criminal issue. It's not something for colleges to decide uh, uh, what the punishment is before uh, it's been adjudicated uh, uh, criminally uh, through the criminal justice system. Colleges are taking on much too big a role uh, in, in saying they're the ones that have to decide this and, and so on. And, uh, and I think that's a huge mistake. Uh, admittedly, it's very hard for colleges to uh, say no when they're being pressed and forced to do this by the Obama administration. There's one other aspect of the broader political point, and I, I see two common themes in both the Ferguson-Garner reaction mm -hmm. and now the, this notion that there is you know, rape culture in the country, which is for a long time, but particularly 2008 and forward, we've had uh, the decision made by uh, Democratic consultants and candidates, we're going to intentionally, overtly use... Um, uh, uh, you know, race, gender. We're going to run these targeted, mm -hmm. get out your base campaigns, and to do so, mm -hmm. we're going to inflame tension. We're going to inflame mm -hmm. distrust. And you know, in the case of uh, of, of uh, Ferguson in New York City, you have some problems. I think it's pretty clear now, but on how young, black men are being treated by the police, but. Far beyond that is this notion that the cops are inherently racist, they're Klan members, and that's mm -hmm. been whipped up. So it's hard to have a reasonable conversation about real solutions to actual problems. And I think we're seeing something similar where young women have been told, think about it, since 2008, mm -hmm. the government, i.e. Republicans, want to come take your birth control. They want to mm -hmm. <laughs> take away you know, your rights as women. They demean you as women. Republicans mm -hmm. are pro-rape. That was an actual mm -hmm. campaign meme in 2012. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we're not seeing kind of the, you know, mm -hmm. what it was it the chickens coming home to roost to quote a certain mm -hmm. famous pastor is this mm -hmm. a natural outcome this level of distrust and kind of a mm -hmm. poisoned well from the political decisions that democrats have made the last six eight years well i wouldn't say just democrats i would say the left wing in general the political left of which the obama administration has made itself a part and many democrats have, as well these are issues that they're pushing these are themes that they're pushing race in the one case, uh, gender in the other, and, 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 and the press routinely uh, uh, refers to uh, women uh, who, uh, had, who've been raped or who have claimed to have been raped as survivors. Well, 
I, I, I bet you survived an attempted murder or something. Anyway, um, they uh, and and the press has picked this up. But these are left wing themes, and in particular, the one about the police is not a new theme. I'm old enough to remember in the late '60s and early '70s, and into the '70s, uh, the police uh, attacking the police was one of the main themes of the political left in America. They were uh, they were uh, the pigs. Remember when they were called pigs? Uh, maybe you're not old enough, Michael, but I certainly <laughs> remember it. Uh, this was a theme that the left pushed like crazy. And in the end, it was extremely harmful uh, to Democrats because they were the ones who were seen as as being uh, 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 more uh, accepting, accepting of, of crimes uh, and attacking the police that most Americans think, I think, at the end of the day, believe that uh, the police really are a thin blue line uh, who protect them. Uh, as, as among others, Charles Barkley, the former basketball player, has said, uh, the people see them as being on their side. Now, there may have been excesses, but I don't think it's uh, for certain that in either the Ferguson case or the Staten Island, New York case, that the what the policeman did, uh, firing many shots at Michael Brown and hitting him uh, in, in Ferguson and the chokehold or whatever it was that the policeman had on uh, Eric Garner in Staten Island that uh, uh, killed him. In either case, I don't think it was necessarily racial at all. Uh, if there were, uh, take the Staten Island case where the, there was a police official there who was in charge, uh, who was an African-American. The policeman had, had, had come because of complaints by owners of stores that uh, Eric Garner was out there selling illegal cigarettes. In other words, they're ones that uh, the tax hadn't been paid on. Right. Them. Uh, and they called the policeman to do something with him. He resisted arrest. Now, what happened uh, when the policeman was had the chokehold on him was unfortunate and may have even been criminal. I mean, they, I, uh, the grand jury decided not, but uh, uh, that's debatable. But in any case, was it automatically a uh, the result of racist action by police or just a policeman uh, uh, being a, a great deal more strenuous and, and brutal than he should have been? And that is a once again hard to analyze coolly mm-hmm. and with a level head when you've had people screaming at you that the police are here to kill young black men. It's open season yeah. young black men. When administrators and and people on the left are screaming, you know, campuses are full of guys who want to rape you. And that's I, I think the the what's going to be interesting is to see how these issues play out because as you pointed mm-hmm. out. People generally want to trust and like the police. Mm-hmm. And when you're calling guys on campus rapists, you're talking about young men who are the sons of voters across the country. And I think what you're going to see is there's going to be a backlash against the extreme. And meanwhile, there mm-hmm. are real problems. There can be better policing. We can you know, mm-hmm. change the approach where a 40-year-old black man in a car is treated differently from a 40-year-old white man in a car. We can get rid of that, but still have the kind of policing we need. We can have, fight rape because rape is a crime. I, I think that's uh, where we're headed, and uh, we'll just see how much damage the Democrats do to themselves by embracing this far-left approach as we head there. I'd like to add one thing, and that is, you know, the media outlet that did the most to blow up this story uh, at the, about a, a mass rape at the University of Virginia? It was the Washington Post uh, and, and their reporters who did uh, a marvelous job. And you know what they did? Something very old-fashioned in journalism. They went down and interviewed everybody. <laughs> uh, they interviewed the victim, the supposed victim. They interviewed her friends. They, they got a hold of some of the people who were uh, the members of the fraternity that were supposed, where the uh, rape was supposed to have taken place. 
they interviewed everybody and found out that there were many, many people who had, had doubts about the story. Uh, and really from the beginning, from the time that it uh, appeared in, in Rolling Stone, and, and that just began in the story uh, that has just fallen apart now. So uh, I give a lot of credit to the Washington Post. Well, I know that President Obama has revived the Republican Party beyond anyone's beliefs, and he's mm -hmm. certainly uh, revived uh, some of the fortunes of the Republican coalition. But if you think he can revive integrity in the media, Fred Barnes, you must think President Obama is a true <laughs> miracle worker. Thanks so much for joining us for the Weekly Standard Podcast. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.